Uh, you guys, um, the um, the Jacks, remember them? The soccer club? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're having a party today at Lake Nokomis. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, I got invited and I said I would invite you guys. It starts at cool. 4 or something. On 54th and the lake. Off to like check in. I'm not, not sure what the fam's schedule is, but uh, yeah, if you can go take some photos, take some video, that'd be cool. Sounds like a good time. Are they going to play? I'm going to do that, Eric. I'm just going to go to the party. Are they going to play? They're not going to play, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> The fact that she's like, no, I'm not going there for, for business. I'm just going there to go to a party. Come on, Dad. Oh, how dare I? The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international stuff. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reedy. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Hello and welcome to the Minnesota Football Show. We are ready to plunge in here slushy and uh cold wait it's still cold wait it's cold enough for you sheila (laughs) actually not really i mean yeah it's like it's like that's a sort of the thing about skating is that i'm kind of bummed it's warming up anyway yeah yeah slushy is is a very good word slushy and muddy and (laughs) perfect for snowball fights though it's really good really good for snowballs um so you may have heard we've got uh rodrigo and eric and bridget and myself sheila here to uh to entertain you with our witty insights about soccer today look at that that's a that's a quality (laughs) intro right there (laughs) uh thank you yeah let's now we have to be witty though (laughs) pressure's on pressure's on bridget (laughs) pressure's on um she believes I, i'll i'll throw it to i'll put it out for the panel here uh it's wrapped up but we can go back in time and talk about the second round where we had what was probably the expected uh big match that people were looking forward to the u.s against brazil uh 2-0 win for the u.s Kristen press early and then rapino gets a late awesome goal and uh the highlight she she does the the i didn't even think about this at the time but she does the bebeto for the Harris Krieger baby that they just recently adopted that we that we mentioned, but does the Bebeto while Brazil is on the pitch, which is kind of another layer of maybe rubbing it in their face that I didn't think is of it, until right now as I'm talking about it. <laughs> is it is it better than uh, Alex Morgan sipping the tea versus England? Oh, I don't know. Well, okay. It's up when, there. You, when you put it, yeah, yeah. When you put it like that, maybe, maybe. Um. Thoughts on the match, though, uh, anybody? I'll, I'll put it out. It was the final, seriously. That was – I think Brazil came – like, we talked about it when uh, after the Canada game. It's just that um, if Canada, if Brazil was to play the same way that Canada did, then they would have some success. Uh, 
and and Brazil did have chances to score several I think and so it was I thought it was a probably the best game um of the whole tournament um and I think that's kudos to Brazil Brazil looks good I mean the 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 yeah. way they 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 the coach has them playing it's it's really really interesting how they how they're going to be and I'm looking forward to watching them in Olympics and then whatever else we we may able to be see if the Olympics yeah. happen if it happens yeah <laughs> if anything happens but I'm excited for them I mean I think I think they have young talent um and I think they have established talent and I think um I just watched a lot of things like um was it was it Ertz or Horan that was fighting with uh with um with Marta and then there was another oh, battle. Yes, yes. That was a great there was clip a, there was there. a and there was Back a Lavelle, and Lavelle and Marta yeah. battle as well too, because Lavelle yeah. was when she was played. And so there's a lot of like little battles and then um well it's fun too because they all know each other from the NWSL. So right. they, yeah. they, they right. meet in this and they're like, okay, I know what you're gonna do. Oh, it's interesting because I know what you're gonna do. <laughs> it was it was it was it was, a, it was a really good game. I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah. I, I wasn't really able to watch it. I was following the live tweets, though. And like you were saying, Brazil had a lot of chances. Like, I was surprised uh, when I pulled up the score later to see that Brazil hadn't scored. Because just, just from the chances that everyone was talking about on Twitter, um, it sounded like it was an even battle the whole way. And, and that even they were playing significantly better than the U.S. Uh, right. for a good portion of the match. So. That just leads me to ask that there was a decent amount of criticism about the U.S. backline and and all those chances that they couldn't convert. What what do you all? I mean, I'm sure you you've already alluded to the fact that you agree. Or are there specific things in that backline that they should be concerned about? I think just awareness and communication. I think there was a lot of against Canada, like Crystal Dunn played a ball that should have been communicated to someone else. And it right into the path of a forward running, right? That should have been a goal, but Canada wasn't able to put it away. Um, I think in the Brazil, um, in the Brazil, there's a lot of physicality. And I think, uh, I think headers, there's no way that, you know, um, set pieces should be something that the U.S. loses on or gets scored on just because of the size, but how they're organized. But I think if you pull them out and, and the U.S. does this very well, where like at one point they'll have their um their center backs like very high up and they'll make and they'll make the forwards of the midfield come and get the ball. And if they don't come and get the ball, then they can easily just pinpoint up one long pass that can get past the midfield in one touch. And that's what we saw a lot of what they were trying to do. Um I, I think one of the things is is that we haven't seen a team that presses the center backs that often. Brazil did it from time to time, but it wasn't a full press that we have seen the U.S. do in other teams. I'd like to see how how that works uh, for them, right? When you have a Spain, right, full press on the center backs, how will the communication – and there were a lot of mental errors. So there's a lot of mental errors that were happening, but that, that can be fixed. Anything else, just, um, you know, we'll see. Groovy. We're, of course, being super hypercritical because, I mean – Spoiler alert, they, they won it all in, in, in typical fashion. But uh, the other, other one there that week was Canada won, Argentina nil. I didn't get to see this one. If anybody uh, saw any highlights or anything to take from that one. 
Okay, or we can move on. I just on. have um, one thing about uh, the tournament in general. Sure. And that is that um, the U.S. Uh, Soccer Federation did get some uh, criticism about not marketing its black players mm. on the team. Um, you know, there's just uh, a lot of a lot of uh, publicity around uh, Megan Rabinow and Rose Lavelle and um, people like this, and not as much for the black players. So they did get some criticism. Yeah, Crystal um, Dunn has been pretty vocal on social media about a lot of that stuff. So it's it's good yeah. to see her kind of take that space and and come out and and and, uh, and Crystal Dunn had a really good tournament. I mean, she was one of the best yeah. players throughout all the games like there was she was doing things that were like yeah i mean there was mistakes too but she was one of the best players on that team nice um so in the final round uh brazil beat canada 2-0 and i don't know the narrative i was hearing from this one i i, I watched some of the highlights the debian goal she, she scores awesome goals all the time you're just guaranteed to see fun goals um but apparently uh, there are a lot of canadian players were it got injured between the last match and this match and so they were like oh this isn't our full roster which which may or may not be true but also brazil's good what are you gonna do um and then the final one uh the u.s just kind of i don't know what, what do you call it a bare bottom spanking i guess to, to argentina six nil back back to the <laughs> almost you know u.s football american football scores yeah uh, i mean you know got a brace um I don't know. They they were just having fun at that point, but yeah. again, we've we've talked about Argentina's woes and the fact that they haven't done anything in probably over a year. The fact that yeah. uh, their federation doesn't help them in anything. Yeah, and uh, so you know they they lift the cup. Of course they do, but uh, I think I think to Rodrigo's point, the, there's still there's still a gap, but that gap and the parity is is definitely starting to close, which we saw with Brazil. And then you mentioned a couple of the European teams. So I mean, imagine, imagine if Argentina had played a game in the last, what is it like two years that they've gone without playing. Yeah. They had to, they had to work their way into this tournament, literally like paying their own way. The Federation didn't help them whatsoever. So um, just for them to be there showed a lot uh, for them. Yeah, but, middle finger to the AFA and to Comebol for all this. Specifically because yeah. Comebol, like, four or five months ago, like, announced that they were going to do things to improve the women's game, and this isn't one of them, right? I mean, the, <laughs> the reason the reason Argentina is was playing is because Japan couldn't quarantine. Right. Right. And so they got invited. And I think one of the one of the fun things for me to watch is that they were, they were very, very quick getting the ball out. Uh, on a counter and so that's always dangerous and they 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 had a couple of opportunities that they could have done something but it's just uh dealing with the united states press is something that you really are going to have to get used to and i think that's one of the things that 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 that, that's deadly right because they usually will we're all smiling because we're talking about like the literal press and and the uh, actual person (laughs) yeah press was like you know christine press was amazing throughout the whole tournament too but i just think you know overall it's like i think argentina like really started getting really physical which is typical come ball style play Right. And there were a lot of yeah. fouls. I think there was like, I don't know, like eight, nine fouls. Right. A couple of yellows. And, and then the U.S. players were complaining. And here I am thinking, I was like, yeah, this is nothing. Like, 
Argentina is just playing regularly, right? This is what it's like in, in, in any format. And so, like, I think at one point there was a shove between Sonnet and somebody in one of the other places that, that follows. Like, I was like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. But I think Argentina overall, you know, they got three games against really good talent. And I'm hoping that the AFA gives them a lead. Because I was going to ask uh, – I was going to ask uh, Dr. Dr. Brenda about, you know, if I was an NWSL team, and I'm not saying that no one did this, but I wasn't made aware to me, I would be trying to see which of these players I can, I can give them or get them on a loan or, or get them to come over and, and play. Because we have seen the, that's the way that Argentinian players come to the MLS. The Argentinian players are, are immigrating and playing at the MLS at a much higher rate. And my question is always like, why can't we do that for the women? Like, why isn't that happening? Right. Right. I mean, I think that would be like specifically, specifically knowing that these players are not getting any playing time or have a league to play in or teams to play in at the current moment, it would be the perfect time to just try to figure that out and, and have a relationship yeah. kind of like the NWSL kind of had a relationship with Sydney or Australia, right. At that point where like, kind of rotate players in and out. I mean, I, that, that's what yeah. I was thinking through through the whole game. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were actually doing that. I mean, they've used this tournament as like a an opportunity to scout before. Um, so it's it's not uncommon to see some of these players who we see playing at the Sheep Leaves Cup to then come in the NWSL later. Um, and you had like various coaching staffs from different NWSL teams were down there to not only see, you know, they have players competing um, for multiple nations, but uh, to also just see the talent that comes out. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see you know, those discussions kind of start with some of these players. There's this other piece of the narrative too, that uh, I know Brenda from burn all down. She's been covering it really well and she knows all these players personally too, but oh, I had to look the name up here. I don't want to mess her name up. Um, Stefania Banini was one of the, the national team's best players. And she was left off the squad almost, um, almost on purpose as, as, as an act of uh, punishment for being uh, vocal about all the same things we've talked about regarding the women's game, like just getting them basic access and getting them uh, decent fields and, and locker rooms that function and, you know, just, just the basics. And yeah, they, they cut her. So that's, that's another thing that was happening there as well. But, but all right, that's uh, I think we can move on from there. Um, Chicago house. I just put this in. This is a new NISA team. This is one of uh What's his name? Peter Wilt. Wilt. That's right. Yep. Yes. Thank you. So another one of his projects. Um, I put the logo in there. I don't know what y'all think, but I just, I don't know. They, 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 the promo video was great. It took me back to like early nineties and just blasting the oomphs, <laughs> And then they're bringing in the team. I'm like, all right, Chicago house. Very nice. Very nice. Let's shake your butt. Oomphs, oomphs. Um, <laughs> Minnesota United. We actually have some things to talk about. We can start with Olympic qualifying roster it was uh, released, and Mr. Dotson, Sonny Dotson, is on that list. Whether he'll make the cut or not, we still don't know, but he's on there. And uh, DSC for Canada as well. I'm assuming that he will make the cut, in fact. How do y'all feel about that? You agree? I think that's great for yeah. Dotson. 
Yay, Dotson. Yay. Yay, woohoo. And Chase is off the case, I guess. I don't know. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Patrick Weah, I, I don't know a whole lot about this one. I'll, I'll throw it to you all, uh, except the fact that I knew he went to school in YZ, played there for a while. Uh, nephew of President George Weah of Liberia, uh, past Ballon d'Or winner, like one of Africa's greatest football stars. Um, but yeah, apparently, wh- where did he go? Because I mean, he was here. He went somewhere. He's, and they were trying to get him back. Go ahead, Bridget. Yeah, he's playing college ball now. Um, went to is it St. Louis? Some somewhere down south. Um, so he had trialed here a couple seasons. Um, and the latest story is that like they had tried to sign him uh last season 2020 2020 covid kind of threw things off um but like we've seen him here prior to that so i don't think it was really uh i don't think covid really was the biggest factor that you know did that deal in but so he goes to college plays i think he's played five games this season scored in the first game they, of course, have a, a weird season now. They're doing like a spring hybrid kind of deal. Um, but yeah, rumor is that now he, he's coming back up uh, and could sign a homegrown deal. Came up through YZ at a Thunder Academy. Um, yeah. Kid's good. I mean, he's he's, he he's good talented. I, I Because he, he had nowhere to go, I think, after the Academy kind of yeah. collapsed. And so... There were options, and, and it, I thought it was very interesting for him to go college. And so I think maybe that was the option that he thought that we could get more playing time. And he has been. I mean, he's yeah. he's been getting, you know, first game he had like 41 minutes, and the last game that they played was just a couple of weeks ago against Marquette, he had 72 minutes. So I was just going to say, I mean – the advantage of playing college is that then you get to go to college. I mean, yeah. yeah. In a, in a really uncertain year, that was probably the most efficient use of his time. Yeah. A good move. A good so move. I was going to ask, what's his primary position? Do you all know? Forward. Forward. Oh, snap. Interesting. Yep. Okay. His position is forward. He's a, he's a freshman. His majors are art and science. So that's really and he and that's his majors and that's uh I think he's like six one so he's not a sh- he's not a short thing like me right he's <laughs> so he's he's got yeah. at least some height so I I think I think it's good you know to you know once once the official signing happens and everything else will be good I just you know like I'm assuming he's gonna play out his college season. And then maybe report back during the summer because that's what a lot of colleges do, right? They finish, yeah. And then, like, usually the June, July, he'll report here. That's my assumption is what will happen. But I mean, yeah, because they can they can treat that college season like his preseason and not have to worry about him, you know, coming in and getting fit. He should be fairly ready to go. Right, but then my question is, what happens when he gets here, right? Because MLS. Is MLS next or MLS the next, whatever, the, the Academy League that they're building? 
I don't even know if they have enough. I mean, he goes straight to the roster, right? I mean, yeah, we need him. We would definitely. He, need him yeah, point. he would. If he's going to sign a homegrown deal, it's going to be on the senior team. They're not going to. They're not going to pass him around. Um, just like we've seen with Emmings. I mean, he's not really getting playing time anywhere. He's in part because of the injuries, but he's basically just on the bench every time. Um, so you you put your homegrown players on the roster. I mean, they could loan him out eventually if he's not getting playing time, but he would be the most, basically the most senior striker squad. So, Yeah, he would be a striker. At this current moment, he would be the only striker to score a goal. That's that's a good segue. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good good segue to the next point here, which is uh, Matt Doyle from uh, Extra Time giving Minnesota United a whole lot of love with a top, his top five preseason teams, one Columbus, two LAFC, three Portland. Okay, fine. Puts Minnesota United at four. We don't have a striker. We don't have a left winger. Well, we, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. We didn't have a striker most of last season either. That's, and we made it to the conference final. That so that's, so people panicking about not having a striker now. I mean, where were you? <laughs> All last season after Amaria went out. Fair, fair. It still seems pretty generous to me, though. It does, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, okay. Speaking of our dream strikers, whether this is actually going to happen, Bore watch because <laughs> I know uh, Fangmeyer still has the hope here. There was a so it, it, uh, this is a report in Espanol here. They're talking about it's kind of a, a, a battle between they say New York, Minnesota, Toronto, and Palmeiras. Um, Palmeiras apparently made a $15 million offer that he rejected. I, it's, it's almost impossible for me to believe that Minnesota is going to offer more than 15 million. (laughs) Uh, but stranger things have happened. I don't know. What do you all think? (laughs) Well, hearing what, um, I mean, Andy Greeter was from Pioneer Press was following that story in the, the uh, the papers down there, and I know he said at one point he sent a message to someone at the club and said, "Hey, so is there anything to this story?" And whoever he was talking to just basically laughed at him. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> like disconnected. So like that's where I'm. I mean, at. there's there's enough of a trail. I mean, it's true or not true? <laughs> <laughs> no, they they gave him that like full shutdown. Like that's yeah, that's real funny. Um, there's enough of a trail that it looks like they could have maybe attempted, but mm-hmm. I mean, once the news came out that he rejected <laughs> that that offer was rejected, I, I yeah, there's there's no way that they throw that money. Part of me kind of loves the idea that the team is starting to like rub shoulders with like a lot of these huge teams in in Colombia and South America and things like that. But then, but then I'm just not sure they understand a lot of the socio-cultural political elements that kind of go along with these teams, like particularly Palmeiras and their relationship with the Bolsonaro family. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, they don't care. How, how good they, is your security? Yeah, they don't think the next they, thing, they don't I know. Care. Like, the next thing though, is like, they're going to, they're going to go for one of like the narco teams in Liga Miyakis and be like, That'd be this awesome. is fine. This is fine. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> you know, we do that. And then we really have our own uh, Cuervos show here in Minnesota. Yes. Yes, and that's exactly. what you want. I mean, and that's what you want, Eric. That's eventually what you want. You want. You, I mean, through Eric, that, uh, be Hugo Sanchez for the Minnesota United. Yeah. 
Through the whole Benedetti deal and, and even on Maria, we were basically saying that Watson had basically has an office like at the U.S. Embassy down there. So, um, <laughs> well, if, like, if he, if he doesn't are, by now, he, he needs to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're camped out down there checking out these players and seeing what they can do. Um, so I wouldn't put any money on them making that happen anytime soon, but. They're, they're not going to stop. Like they've hey, gone you know, this far, like shopping if, around down there. If, essentially, if interns, if interns start getting kidnapped and ending up in favelas in Rio and, and uh, São Paulo, we've made it. That's a sign. <laughs> All I gotta say is, between May and June, the rumors are going to be really interesting of what happens with uh, with Rafael Santos Borre. Because mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. his contract expires in June, so um, if nothing's set together, I mean, River's not going to lose, lose any money. So the same thing that happened in a sense with um, with uh, Reynoso. I mean, as long as you keep on poking and poking and poking, you show interest, uh, a consistent in- interest. Who knows what could happen? But I'm all for for Wea starting, just to watch, because uh, I just want to you know see. Uh, a president from another country come watch come come to audience. <laughs> <laughs> want to go watch my cousin? Yeah, kind of kind of a big draw. That's true. Kind of a big draw. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the river kit, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what do y'all think? It dropped. We had we had these little hints and little teasers all week, and then finally we got it. We got a good look at it yesterday. Um, it's blue. It's uh, a good friend of the pod and kind of the godfather of all of us supporters from Minnesota United. Uh, Bruce McGuire basically correctly said, cool, we're back to NASL 2015-2016 with a wing kit and a blue kit. Yep. <laughs> what does river kit mean? Oh, they just, it's, it's a whole, go ahead, Bridget. That's just, it's just what they named it. So just like with the drift kit, um, that's like subliminal design on the white shirt was uh, reminiscent of snow drift. So they called it the drift kit. And same same naming st- strategy here. Uh, they're trying to link the Mississippi River, like like with the the blue sash on the crest and on the what was it 2017 shirt, the gray with the blue sash. Um, it's all narrative. It, it's all hype. It, it's just giving yeah. it a story. Yeah, it's um, from the river. I, there was a lot of controversy yeah. as to what what lyrics that were using in the promotion right yeah pick, pick a song and stick with it they kind of yeah. changed throughout the <laughs> i know thing, like they changed from one thing to the other and people were like wait what what song are we on like, now i was like this is really like, bad karaoke yeah. guys yesterday yesterday it was don't go chasing waterfalls and before that it was <laughs> let the river run <laughs> like well not to mention i, yeah, I kept whatever. waiting for them to say be like water my friend and have a huge cease and desist <laughs> come from the bruce lee family <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, nice. We've seen a kit like that before. I think it's, I think it'll work. I mean, it's a much better. This is the away kit, right? This is right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's a much better yeah. away kit than all the other ones people have. I mean, it reminds you literally of the colors of the NYCFC. So uh, when they're wearing, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We have seen worse. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm it's still not paying. That's such a, Eric, that's such a Minnesota response. <laughs> It's fine. It is. It's fine. fine. It's fine. Um, having said that, though, were, were there some of the other ones? Because everybody else was dropping theirs as well. Did you see any other of the, the new MLS kits that kind of caught your eye? 
Oh, the Alien Galaxy World. throwback. The Alien Galaxy throwback. Oh, that one is yeah. probably the best one this season. That's probably yeah. 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 That brought me it, back down to like 97, 98. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. Little yeah. Kobe Jones. Yeah, Kobe Jones. Yep. Yeah. It, I, I mean, Atlanta's okay too. I think that's the, the one I was going to mention. Yeah. I kind of like Atlanta's. I, I didn't like it at first. They So it leaked like a month ago, or it feels mm-hmm. like a month ago. Um, but yeah, they re pushed it again yesterday since everyone was doing videos and fancy releases. Um, I, I didn't really like the first time I saw it, but it's growing on me. It's sharp. I would never buy it, but yeah, it's sharp. Um, this story, Rodrigo, did you have this one? I remember this is the kind of the mess in Orlando with one of their players. I don't know. Do you want to take this one? Um, so this is one of their homegrown players, I believe, uh, if I right. read into it. So, yeah. Um, so Orlando City soccer player Jonathan Suarez-Cortez and his brother were both booked in uh, county jail for sexual assault. And so, like, I think he just recently um, – was like, like uh, a few weeks ago yeah like literally like a few weeks ago from like being called up or homegrown and then all of a sudden like this happens and so you're like great this is you know this is you know we we see this way too often and i there's there's no more information on the story but yeah like you know yikes orlando you know like they mm-hmm. just signed yeah. pato right and then it's the dumpster fire before the season is even started. Right, 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 yep. right, right. So we'll see what kind of season Orlando has, right? So, yikes. Uh, more MLS news. This is the big one. Uh, Henri, we, we've been talking about it. There have been rumors, blah, blah, blah. He's leaving. But he's leaving under, you know, reasonable and totally logical uh, 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 reasons, I guess. To, I'm saying the same thing. But he, he misses his family. He wants to be with his family. They're in England. Yeah. He wants to go to England. So it's like. Cool. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Then he's not able to travel like he used to, or he could spend a few weeks here and then go back for a little while and mm-hmm. or vice versa. It's, to me, uh, it's pretty unusual. I think, I mean, like this is something that, you know, I mean, I guess are his kids really little or something? They're pretty Good young. Question. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like this is this is unusual for someone, especially. I mean, I can, I, I don't know, especially a man. I, I feel this. like, well, yeah, I feel like you just don't um, see it very often. I feel like, which, no, I mean, which cool. it makes me it makes me think that there's a little more to the story. Um, maybe there's something going on over there that he needs to attend to. We saw the exact same thing, uh, twenty eighteen, Marius Rodi the keeper coach for United mm-hmm. same deal kind of disappeared. And then it turned out he had gone to, to be with this family in the UK. So um, it's no, we don't see it very often because you don't often have that many coaches where they're, you know, they're coaching an ocean away from the rest of their family and pre COVID that wasn't a big deal. Like you could hop on a plane and go see your family and not a big thing. Yeah. Um, and he, for the entire season, the format of the season that we had, he literally could not leave the country. So um, it's it's unusual, but there's many unusual things happening now in the age of COVID and uh, the way that these seasons go now. 
Mm-hmm. And we should say for, for clarity too, just because he's leaving, we haven't had any uh, confirmation that the Bournemouth thing is happening. Like that's still up in the air. He's just getting he's, back to England. He's done. No, I, I think it's interesting in the aspect also because the Canadian teams were put in a much different situation mm-hmm. than other MLS teams, right? So they had yeah. to literally play out of a hotel in a sense for yeah. the whole season. And so that adds on to that. Now, I still, like, I agree with Sheila. It's unusual. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, I get the kids are being little. But if you're going to go across seas and you know there's something else, like, What's the quarantine regulation? Why, if if they're that young, then maybe think about that. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if he, if Henri really thought about it, or maybe he just didn't see yeah. an opportunity. I mean, it's and it's also part of being a professional, right? Athlete. I mean, just like there's just like lots about it that it's like that doesn't really quite right. But it's, I mean, the, the situation now is just so unusual in itself. Like I, I can't knock the guy for. Yes, it's it's his job right but i mean we've all had to make those decisions before like you you have to walk away from one thing in order to to deal with another um and for him i mean we know he was he's such a huge part of this program he's rebuilding it um as like his team i mean we see him bringing in mason toy and all those guys to to like revamp this team and it's he took such huge ownership of it that I don't think his wife and kids have come to where well that's that's the thing like we don't know the whole story that's what I'm saying I mean it's really easy for us to for the four of us sitting here to be like well why doesn't your family come to you judgy about this (laughs) the four four co-hosts of the Minnesota football show can absolutely empathize with giving up a million dollar contract and uh, (laughs) making making a decision like I I feel like maybe he did Maybe he did put a lot of thought into this. Maybe he's been thinking about it for the last year. And he was like, you know what? We're going to try to make this work. COVID might end someday. And now we're like, we're seeing that, you know, Canada's still going to be in a bubble. Like we're still working on the schedule. We don't have, we don't know when the Canadian teams will play because we don't know when the Canadian teams will be able to leave their country. So, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to up and leave a contract, like COVID is the time to do it. (laughs) yeah i mean that's why i was like maybe there's something else yeah poor much yeah i feel like we're just i feel like we don't know the entire story here so sheila dig you're the you're the journalist yeah it's gonna be really interesting just because you know montreal was like revamping themselves and now they lose their their their, it's been a huge morale like shot to the gut between the um so our, our writer first switched the pitch eve and montreal is I mean, they, they were struggling with last season in general, and then they do this rebrand and they all feel like just positive. It's just, it, well, no, they, they thought well, they the ended, rebrand they, was, they, they ended on a positive note, is I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, last season. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But like, it still wasn't, none of them felt all that great about things. Um, they feel much the way that Minnesota sports fans do on a regular mm. basis times a bit more because you know, they have a different history with that. Um, and then there's the rebrand and they, they lose their impact identity and they are now club de football in Montreal. Um, That's a lot. But, but they could still say, we have this coach, we have this team that he's building and then he leaves and they're, they're dealing with like a whole nother perspective on the season now. 
So it's um, a lot. it's a it's a huge thing. It's going to affect a lot of people. It really who's the, sucks. Who's the number two, Bridget? Who would be like potentially? I, like I have no idea, actually. <laughs> Rodrigo raises his hand. Yeah, get it, <laughs> get it, baby. I'm available. You paid. I like Mason <laughs> Toy. I'm available. I know how he plays. Uh, Rodrigo to to Montreal. I, let's let's make this happen. Just uh, Rodrigo watch just started right now. That's what we're Love doing. It. No, no, I, I think, you know, I don't want to spend too more, much more time. I think, uh, I, I think Montreal again gets dumped on and they're not in the best place. So I don't know what kind of morale boost they're going to get unless, you know, they start winning. Like they come up with that, you know, 2 0 or three, uh, or a three game, a winning streak. If they start with a winning streak, I think things will, will, will simmer down. But, if it's the same Montreal that we saw at the beginning of last season, it's it's going to be very rough. Uh, Lawrence Simon is one of the assistant coaches. I would think that out of all of them, um, he'd probably be the one to move up. So also Wilfried, Nancy, and Kwame Ampadu. Okay. Uh, and this this page put an Irish flag next to his name. I think he's from the Ivory Coast. Um, but yeah, Lawrence Simon is, I believe the number two. Okay. Thank you. That's worth. Um, I guess the last MLS related thing, uh, we learned that Sacramento, they were going to enter the league in 2022 and now they are not, they dropped their expansion bid. They just said basically things were too difficult with COVID world to get everything organized, get finances set and stadium and just all that stuff. So they're not. So let me put it out there for my uh, amazing co-host. Who will be the new 2022 <laughs> expansion team? <laughs> and and how do we get Minneapolis City promoted <laughs> to take the spot? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm sad for Sacramento fans, but I'm like, good. In the sense that, you know, it would have been four teams from California. They could have been like their own mini division, right? Like if we were playing COVID all over again, like the same teams over again, you imagine Calvi playing all other, it'd be LAFC, San Jose, Sacramento, and you know, and Galaxy. And that's almost that. by design, though, don't you think? Yeah, like, I mean, I think the it cost is. and stuff. I, I think in a sense is, but I just think you know, it's like you know, we we should be giving opportunities to, and of course, you know, this is all money related to, you know, other places to have a team instead of like saturating California or saturating New York, um, which are the two biggest brackets, but. Yeah. I think the thing with California is that they have so many different communities to uh, represent, like having, having four clubs here would be absolutely absurd um, just because of the way that the state is set up. But California, it's, I mean, you, each of these clubs is basically in a different world, uh, even though they're all, you know, within, what, 100 miles of each other, less. Uh, some of them are like five miles from each other. Um, but so I think that's part of what went into having four in California. It's kind of a, a nation of its own. Um, there's, I mean, there's, plenty that were just behind them in line that were kind of on on that bubble so my next one i think would be let's get uh, union omaha promoted up and <laughs> have a mls nebraska i'd love that let, um, let them play their first real season as an mls team before yeah <laughs> like, do it 
What could possibly go wrong? Right. Their right? motto could be, if we build it, will they show up? That would be their motto. <laughs> uh, going to Minneapolis City, let's let's talk about their futures because that started. So we had a couple matches already. We had my Powderhorn AFC defeat the Northeast Wanderers 8-0, big score. And uh, Eric Contreras, so Eric, another Eric, very good stuff. He gets uh, five goals, one assist, and match uh, man of the match or man of the week, I think, for the entire thing. So good on him. And then in the other one, we had Riverside Rovers and Near North. They tied 5-5. So some pretty big scoring matches here. Um, once they get outdoors, I can't remember where they played, but they were definitely in a dome because I, I watched a little bit of the highlights. And it'd be cool to see uh, some of these matches outside, assuming that happens. I, I think, think that's the Augsburg. Augsburg. Yeah. Yeah. Augsburg. I think Thank it's you. the Augsburg dome, yeah. probably more than anything. Yeah. Cool, cool. There's pet peeve for me is because I saw some of the highlights, at least one of the highlights of one of the games. It's like I went into full coach mode when like they're trying to play the ball out wide. And then and then this center mid of the 10 didn't pinch in to provide support because that's where the ball was going to go. And then it gives a giveaway and then the other team scores. And I was like, I was like, that's 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 a talking to, and that's uh that's like you owe me like push-ups or burpees or whatever, just so yeah. you remember you have sprints. To, yeah, but the, the other thing too for me that's a pet peeve is because I've I've been able to like is that I don't know whether COVID protocol is or how they because and I know there's scrimmages in a sense, right? Because it's not really fully appreciated, but but like like there's a lot of kids with like their masks halfway down and all those other different things, and and so I'm hoping that. You know, because this is the first run, they're trying to be more, um, the more emphasis on, on that and that safety issue as well, too. Well said, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's finish up some with some media access. Big news coming from the Paramount CBS partners. Uh, they're kind of swooping in and grabbing a whole bunch of new leagues that they already have champions in Europa. Um, it looks like now, oh, NWSL also. They're, they're grabbing, I think for the first time ever in English language, we're going to have Brasileiro, which is kind of amazing. And the uh, Argentina Primera also, and which, which of course is a, a big slap in the face to me and full of irony that we'll talk about it after the break. But my team just got relegated. Now they're going to be covered by <laughs> CBS, CBS Plus. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> That's how the universe. They heard, they heard you complaining, and they're yes, like, right. "Fine, we'll give them this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, yeah, the this, takes it out this was me. the only opportunity that Eric had uh-huh. to to join uh, the board of streaming, <laughs> and it was taken away from you. God damn it, Paramount Plus, <laughs> or, what, or whatever it's called. All is right. it one of the ones that you have to pay for, or does it just come with regular cable? No, it's, it's just like CBS All Access. Yeah. Um, it's just a rebrand of that. So just like ESPN Plus, you're paying for a separate streaming service. Paramount Plus, yeah. I mean, it's 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 enticing, I'll tell you that much. We have CBS All Access just because they're, of WSL. They're coming so. in hard. I mean, they're, so, they're getting a lot of stuff. But, plus, uh, there's a bunch of nerdy shows I watch on that. So Star Trek Discovery, yeah. I, I will pay um, my five bucks a month for that. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get the World Cup, too, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. Look at that. Let me ask you guys this, because, like, I, I'm not 
we do not participate in a lot of these streaming services. It'd be nice, but we just don't. Do you, any of you foresee, let's say like Amazon Prime or Netflix even getting involved in all of this? That'd be like the next level, right? I think it would be HBO. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could see them doing more sports. Um, Netflix and Amazon don't really do much like live Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's all new world i don't know where it's all going hbo already does the uh boxing right they do right yeah Yeah. they've had that for a very long time even when it was just regular hbo and it's kind of it kind of fits with their brand of like sort of um like the european or like sort of snooty i mean not that soccer is snooty but does sort of attract a certain kind of <laughs> what what are you saying? <laughs> Wait, did, did Sheila just call me snooty? All of I us. I think she did. <laughs> How <stuff>. dare you? <laughs> well, on That's that note, we'll first. take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. And we are back. Um, We've got more uh, witty things to say. (laughs) (laughs) More snooty things? More more snooty snooty things. Snooty fest now. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I have to turn myself off. I hate looking at myself. Don't you hate it? Mm-hmm. I'd self you so awful. Yeah, I, well, yeah, and I hate my camera. My camera it sucks. So why are you looking at yourself? I look at all your lo- lovely faces. I, I'm not looking at me. I'm like, I, my, I try not. My to eyes are me. constantly like. <laughs> anyway, this this is great for audio content. Crushing it. Um, <laughs> Bundesliga, I put this in last week just because this goal was amazing. Holland doing what he does, this beautiful Shaolin soccer side bicycle kick that, I mean, the way he actually pulls it off is awesome too. But then when you see the replay of how he perfectly curls the ball around the defender that's like two feet in front of him, magnificent. Did did anybody else see this goal and just drool? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. What a goal. Um, th- this has been all over the place. We just haven't got to it yet, so I'll just put it out there. Jordan Morris, brutal. Ouch. So he gets injured, um, looks bad, comes off in a stretcher for Swansea, and then it turns out it is uh, once again an ACL injury, his other ACL, right, from what he, the one he previously yep. injured. So he's out for the season, which puts him in jeopardy for Olympics, which probably puts him in jeopardy for – World Cup qualifying. Um, I'll put it out there. Just talk about shitty, shitty luck. Yeah, it's a it's a big one for three teams. Uh, Seattle is his loan is through. Shoot, I think his loan might with Swansea might have carried through the MLS season um, or shortly before. 
So, you know, Seattle had hoped that they would get this when he comes back, you know, a, a growing leader and um, an even better player. Uh, and now they'll be, they'll be dealing with uh, the comeback kid again. We've seen them do it before, obviously. Um, but yes, it's a, a gutting shot to everyone. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't been so there for that long. Like, just like what, a like month, f- month and a half? Yeah, five yeah. games, six games. Yeah. Uh, he was just getting started. They they loved having him there. I, I saw a lot of the reactions from Swansea fans were really bummed because they right. enjoyed watching him play. And um, between him and uh, Ariola, you know, you've got two guys there who are just. Uh, having fun playing in front of new fans and um, drawing a lot of attention there. So I, I did like Swansea was super supportive and said, Hey, if you, if you want to do your rehab here, we've got you. If you want to go home, we'll support you. Um, he did decide to go home. I think he's having surgery in California actually this week. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a huge blow to him. Yeah, it's a it's a huge loss for not only Swansea but Seattle, and just overall. I mean, you know, he was always such a game changer, right? And so, yeah, and just nonstop working engine, you know. And so, so yeah, so like you know, he's done it again. I hope play he does. Um, I'm I, I I I'm just a little curious as to what the agreement was, right? Like, what does Seattle get out of this? Do they still get something out of it? Um, and you know what what i know seattle has players but who steps in for that role right i think that's that's the question and i think that that's going to be really interesting it makes it, it shakes it up on the west for sure and so we'll see if, if if anything can else happen with that so and i think that might lead to you know why like i don't think um was 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 seattle in the in the top four Top five that Doyle tweeted out. I didn't. Let think... me go back. I don't think so, actually. No, I think that I think might. It was just... No, that was Portland. Yep. Was yeah, Portland. he put he put New England at five. So yeah, not top five. Yeah. So then I I think that that gives it you know that that backs up what what Doyle was at least saying. You know, those are probably the top. These are probably the top teams, and so should be interesting. Indeed. Uh. Well, I I kind of messed up last week with. Goyaz and, and the numbers and points math always not my my greatest st- suit <laughs> i wasn't looking at the the teams above so because i thought that if even if they tied they'd be okay no they needed to win uh this last weekend uh to stay alive they played okay they ended up tying the other red bull of all the red bulls red bull braganchino and so they're relegated which it is what it is it's it's happened many times here it has here it is again um i don't really feel too sad because they really did it to themselves they the first three months were just terrible they dug themselves in a really deep hole they went through three managers as we've talked about uh covid destroyed them i think they missed like three or four games in a row which then you know four or five months later they were playing two or three games a week which i think just exhausted them and but then they got it together towards the tail end and they, and they almost dug themselves out. And they finally, they actually had this, they, they kind of have a, um, what do you call it? Like a co-coach, co-managerial pair. There's two of them. Um, I don't know if they each call themselves assistants or if they each call themselves head coaches. I'm not sure. But these two gentlemen work really well together and they were actually able to get some good stuff out of the team like the last couple months. But not enough to stay alive. So down we go. 
And um, the other big one here too, and this is coming from um, Anna Evans. She was, she pointed this out. This has never happened in the history of between the the first division and second division, where you have the supposed supposed Big Twelve of Brasileiro names that may seem familiar, but there's never been three of them in second division in Serie B. So starting now, because everything's overlapping, you're going to have Cruzeiro, Botafogo, and Vasco da Gama all in B. Never yeah, happened. That's before. huge. That's never huge. happened before. Especially for Vasco da Gama. Like I remember yep. that's, I mean, they're all big clubs. So, so let's see how much they can. Uh, I'm sorry. The biggest club to be relegated is Goiás' Sporty Clube. Let's just. No, no, I'm clear. saying, I'm, I'm saying, are they going to take, are you going to take a, a cue out of the, um, out of the Mexican league and, and, and try to buy themselves into. Oh yeah. I think that's, that's more that's too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It also I, I was thinking about this too, and it, it's it's kind of uh, interesting that it they, they ended up tying to Bragantino there, the Red Bull. It it just kind of shows that more the, the different evolution of the game and and the big money like Red Bull coming in and and pulling a team like Bragantino that had also always been like a B and C team when I was young. You know, nobody really thought they were going to do anything, but then they you know throw hundreds of millions and build this new team to the point where they're better than these traditional teams for over a century that have like built the entire league and produced really, really famous players and, and have legendary support and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's neither. I mean, I, I guess I'd look at it kind of negatively in, in, in one respect of just massive capital coming, um, but it's happening everywhere, I guess is, is, is my point. It's happening in Brazil as well. Wah, wah. Uh, Santos, Kuka's gone, T-shirt gate. So they they fired him, e- even though they're, they're, they finished well, they, they qualified again for Libertadores. Um, with him uh, gone, they have a new Argentine coach, Ariel Holan. I don't know a whole bunch about him, except that he's coming from uh, U, Universidad Católica de Chile. And they've had a pretty good run, I think, both in their domestic league and in Libertadores as of late. So... See how that all pans out, but uh, yeah, don't wear uh, Jesus and Mary T-shirts and get a red card. Might keep you job. <laughs> Noted. Uh, yes, yes. The, what are the odds of Goya's hiring him now? No, please don't. No, we we're actually, although we're relegated, we're stable. Let's let's hold the coach for a year. That that's another goal. Just or, or, or the pair. I guess there's a pair of them. Let's just keep those two. Uh, um, I, I meant to send you guys this article, and I, I, I think I forgot to blast it out. But this is a really interesting piece from Vice talking about uh, Zanetti, Argentine player that used to play for Inter Milan, uh, and his relationship with the Zapatistas. It's 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 a cool thing. Um, they uh, the, there's it, there's a lot that talks about it, and obviously I don't think you guys got a chance to read it. That's on me. But you, you put it in the notes, Eric. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I put it in the notes, but I meant to send it earlier so you, we could we could speak. So that's that's my bad on that part. But he actually tried to uh, he tried to organize a match between Inter Milan and just one of like the Campesino teams with the Zapatistas in Chiapas, and it almost happened. Like it, it came really close to happening. Uh, it's a it's a cool piece. We can we can blast it out. I think I put it on the Twitter. I'm not sure if I put it on on Facebook, but cool piece to read. Yeah, I'll put it on um, the show notes. So yes, please. It. Thank you. Um, Champions League round of 16. We can go through these pretty quickly unless you guys have some uh, ones you want to talk about. Chelsea beats Atletico Madrid 
one nil uh, with just an unbelievable Giroud bicycle kick. What a goal! Also, I mean, whew. you all saw that. I'm, I'm assuming it was. Oh yeah. All it was on <laughs> all the highlights. <laughs> I'm sitting at work and I like open up Twitter real quick and I hear someone say, "Was it like a 60 year old man just scored a bicycle and then got got a card or something?" Yeah, what was that all about? I thought there was some controversy. What, what, did he, he got I, carded for it? I think so, yeah. That's how, the, celebration? That's how the tweets... I, ah, I don't... I, yeah, I it, was, it was a tweet I scrolled by while I was supposed okay, to be working, enough. so I don't know. The goal is I, out of this world. It's, yeah, it's I, didn't, I didn't watch any of these games. Just want to say that. You know? That's cool. <laughs> um, Bayern 4-1 over Lazio. I, I mean, the main thing here is that Lazio got pummeled, and that's important, so... Get out of here, trash, racist, garbage. Uh, Bayern, do, do Bayern things. Um, 2.24, the following day, we had Real Madrid and Atalanta, which ended up being a, a pretty good battle. And Atalanta went down to uh, 10 men pretty early on. Wait, Rodrigo, you got into this. It, it ended up being a pretty uh, – I, I just put up the highlight of, of where the, the guy gets the red card just outside the box and then it became this huge thread of everybody arguing was it a red was it a red oh yeah it's um, still to alex yeah there was a few there was like three or four people in there well it was just it's just it was weird because like like this is a red it's a foul for sure mm-hmm. if this was happening like in like an argentinian league or like a uruguayan league you know uh, play on foul but no it would be a foul <laughs> or a play on but don't Right, but I think the the main thing is it was one of the last defenders, and he was late to challenge. And when he challenged, right, the, the player had already taken a forward motion with the ball, right. So it's considered like that's considered like trying to create a goal a goal scoring opportunity. And then he was fouled and he fell down, right. So whether like he could have scored the ball or he or he wasn't going is like the first thing that you do. The argument was like when you get a when 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 you have when you get the ball and you know someone's coming at you, you want to take their touch to open space, which he did. So is it a foul? Yes. Is it a is it a is it a red? Well, in the case of like impeding um, scoring chances, then yes. Is it, if it was if it would have been outside the box, I don't think it would have been different, but. They, they still held on. I mean, they played really well. Um, they kind of bunkered, but they frustrated Real Madrid basically until the very end. Um, they didn't score until the 86th minute. So I, I always go for the underdogs. And, and, and considering the story that we've covered on this program with Atalanta and COVID and everything they mean for that city, uh, just to bring them a little joy and, and, and keep them alive against the giants that are Real Madrid, um, you know, We'll see what happens. They still kind of have a chance, so we'll see what happens in the next leg. Uh, Man City, 2-0 over Gladbach. Um, the, the interesting here, uh, the interesting point I was going to say is if, if you look at the bracket, assuming Man City passed and it looks like Bayern have already passed, Man City and Bayern are going to meet in a quarterfinal. I mean, that that could be the final. Oh, yeah. That, that could be a huge game. Um, uh so Jeru's bicycle kick went to VAR for possible offside. Okay, thank you. That's and it, was. it was ruled a goal. That was the Man, I'm just thinking about that Man City Bayern game. It's gonna be <laughs> it, it might be a very low scoring chess match too, because those teams are just both so stacked. I don't know, I have no idea. Um 
fair had a really big event over the over the week. It, it was they had the fair versus homophobia. Uh, lots of speakers from all over the world. And it, it was tough because it's very much based uh, in, in London and throughout Europe. So it was on European time and, and scheduling, uh, which meant things started at like nine o'clock for us. Um, and, and I completely missed registration for the first day. And I got maybe like just a half an hour of day two. Um, but, it, but all the things are recorded. So if you, if you, if you are interested, uh, you can go to uh, fairnet.org is the website or any of the social medias with fair. And I think you can just straight watch them uh, on YouTube if you want to see some of those speakers, because there are some really good speakers and uh, good topics there. Um, let's see back to Brazil. What do we do? Oh, this, this was the final game. So now things have concluded as of a, a couple days ago that it's over. Um, and it really went down to the wire between Flamengo and Internacional as to who was going to win the cup because you had uh, Flamengo going in were 71 points. Inter were 70. So basically for Internacional to pull it off, they needed a Flamengo loss and a win uh, for Inter to make it happen. And it, it got pretty dramatic. It's just like decision day for like the, the EPL and everything else too, where like every team plays at the exact same time. So all you do, you see coaching staffs just all on their little uh, devices on the sidelines, just like scrolling through, looking at scores and looking at teams to see what's happening. And, and this was obviously the big one because Flamengo lost. Uh, São Paulo beats them two to one. So the door was basically open for Internacional to, to do their thing and take it. And you can see with, uh, again, going back to uh, Mr. Doyle, he was watching this as well. Um, in the, pretty much the very last minute, in, in, seven, in the seventh minute of stoppage time in this, goal, in this uh, Internacional match, uh, they, they score, but the dude is clearly offside. <laughs> so the goal is called back. They end up tying, and that is not enough. And even though Flamengo loses, uh, they win. Or is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, they needed the W. Boo. So Flamingo, go ahead. No, I was just saying boo. Like Flamingo wins everything. Like they the do. Side. That's that is it. It's like it's like that, it's like boo. It's you know? it's the repeat. I mean, that's what it says there. They they won last year. Happy Chumos. So I think um, um Ecompion. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's that's a, but which which is a good segue to has anyone watched the Pele Netflix documentary? I haven't yet, but I haven't I have. gotten a chance yet either. I think I, we should make that. If whoever watches, we should just make that an extra content thing. Yeah, I mean, have you seen it, Rodrigo? No, I, I saw the previews and it looks really interesting. I like. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for the old black and black and grayish uh, soccer film, and they looks like they really polished it up. It's it looks spectacular in, in that regard. Yeah. I, I watched it over over a, a couple of days. I I broke it up, and, and what they've done just the, the you think about the amount of technology between when that was happening and now they have made it amazing. I mean, the, the old footage, it almost looks like you're watching like a, a live 2021 match and it's from, from the 58 cup. It's, it's incredible in that regard. Um, he, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much cause I want you all to watch it. I'd, I'd rather have your opinions than me just talk Pele cause that's overplayed. I, I, I talk Pele a lot. Was it, um, was it sponsored by Pepsi? It was not. 
but they do <laughs> they do get into some things like that and i don't want to say that he he actually opens up politically because he doesn't he's still very michael jordan-esque kind of which we'll talk about regarding his latin in a second but he's, he's keeping it still a little closer but he does say some things that i don't think he necessarily would he gets pushed i i, I don't remember it, it, it's a u.s brazil team that's that production and whoever's interviewing does press him like they do ask you know some what do you think about this and what about the dictatorship and da 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 like they they are giving him uh, some not just some snowballs like they're actually trying to get him to to say some substantive things on the sociopolitical climate and they show it like they actually have some really brutal footage of like here he is playing and this is what's happening right outside the stadium um so i, I do recommend it if for for those little things but especially just for the fact that this what they've done for this classic footage is out of this world. Like I could not have expected that. It's, it's really, really cool in that regard. So check it out and maybe we'll bring it up next time. If, if you all watch it, I, I'd, I'd love to hear your opinions. Um, okay. Let's do it. Speaking, speaking of uh, stick to sports, here we go. <laughs> Zlatan can't help himself. Um, so how does this thing start? Sheila, go ahead. You take it. Um, I'm actually not sure how it started. I just know that he just uh, went after LeBron uh, for uh, LeBron's uh, political statements and LeBron just uh, shut him down and uh, just went on this like rant that was like kind of basically point for point showing why Zlatan was an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to step to LeBron James, I mean, you, you, you got to know what you're doing. You're, you're really digging yourself a hole. Um, I, I think one of my best responses to all this was our, uh, our friend Dave Zirin. Like, he, he says receipts are a hell of a drug. He pulled up a video of Zlatan in 2011, basically saying, quote, he's referring to Muhammad Ali, quote, He's one of my role models, one of my idols in sport and outside. He stood up for his things. He believed in his things and he never gave it up, unquote. So, yeah, stick yeah. to sports. But I love Muhammad Ali. You know, I, I, apparently, <laughs> apparently, Slatan um, has not watched The Princess Bride because this is totally a Princess Bride moment where, like, you're like, I don't know that you know the real meaning of what studying yeah. up for things means. <laughs> I think that's, that's the, the problem. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, thank you, Sheila. Nailed it. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, man. Just embarrassing. Embarrassing. Okay, we'll wrap this thing up. Bridget, you get the last word because this was awesome. You put this in our Slack and we all laughed very hard. So, uh, mysterious ball on Mars picture from the rover. And uh, take it from there, please. Take us home. <laughs> so, so good old Andrew Lovegren. Uh, yeah, so the, the rover sends back a bunch of photos from Mars, and there's uh, like a perfectly round rock. Um, and whoever originally posted it said, well, mysterious ball on Mars, where did it come from? And one of the first responses from a Minnesota United fan was Alexi Gomez. So good. <laughs> High and wide all the way to Mars. Oh, so geez. good. <laughs> that hurts. It hurts, but it also is extremely funny. Also Just because I, <laughs> me, and Sa me and Santi were like, and I put a video out of it on Twitter, like, 
we were literally like watching the whole thing and like i'm a big i'm a big science nerd i love stuff like that and i'm glad that santi's into it but like we were like so into the whole perseverance uh, landing and the road and all of the different things but this like mixed science and and, and soccer and just it's just perfect it is perfect I think one of the other comments was uh, we finally find, found the ball from was it the 94 World Cup, 95, uh, the shot that went like far over the bar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, I think every team pretty much has had a comment um, similar, but uh, yeah, class, classic Alexi Gomez. So. Oh, so good. Like I spit my coffee out when I, when I saw it. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. I was walking into work as I read it, and I had to just stop and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Oh my god! Right on. Well, thank you all, Rodrigo, Bridget, Sheila, once again. Um, listeners, thank you as well. Uh, Patreon still rolling. Patreon.com backslash MN Football Show. See if we can get some more fun stuff up there. We have an Instagram. We should probably get more content up on that Instagram. I'm not good on the Instagram, so. One of y'all. I'm I'm not good at putting <laughs> stuff on my own Instagram, so I yeah. don't. See yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have some stuff going up, hopefully soon. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it's fun. Let's let's uh let's enjoy. Some of us enjoy this warmness, and some of us, you know, just try to get outside. It's been what about it's, it's beautiful. What is are any of you guys on TikTok? <laughs> no, I that's all you, Sheila. I'm not. A, I'm not. I don't have an account. <laughs> you should start one so that you can uh, do a video from the party later. I'm oh yeah, there you old. go, Bridget. I am too old. There's like a yeah. cutoff. You're not allowed to have that's, a TikTok if you're old. That's actually my students have in fact told me that, so yeah, I understand. You have to be. You can't be over 35 to have TikTok, apparently, right? Indeed. On that note, no TikToks. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye. <laughs>